Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Welcome to the Hemp Present Resistance, seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly Reefer Radio Rebellion as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, entering its 29th year speaking flower to power and found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing, also found at hempfest.org. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for the show, email me at hemppresent at gmail.com. Today's guest on Hempresent is lobbyist, freelance journalist, and formerly an editor of the Leaf Online, Mitchell Colbert. Colbert has written over 100 published articles for outlets including Cannabis Now, High Times, Hemp Magazine, Green Flower Media, and the wine industry. As a journalist and cannabis researcher, Mitchell has written on the medical effects of nearly two dozen cannabinoids and terpenes, the environmental impacts of cultivation, and the history of hemp, cannabis genetics, the stock market, vaporizers, and cannabis doctors. And he has brought his vast knowledge of cannabis to share with us today. 
Welcome, Mitchell, to Cannabis Radio. Hey, it's great to be here. Great to have you. Uh, so, Mitch, you worked at Harborside, the world's largest medical cannabis dispensary based in Oakland, and you were mm-hmm. a regional director for 2010's Proposition 19 campaign that came so close to making California the first adult use state. And you're also a professor at Oaksterdam University where you hold classes on various facets of the cannabis industry. How did you become an esteemed authority on the subject of cannabis? Were you culturally introduced to the herb or was there a different attraction and process by which you came, uh, became a ganja aficionado? Yeah, sure. So um, I was born in San Francisco, grew up in Marin County. Uh, for anyone who's not from uh, the Bay Area, Marin, uh, while being right next to San Francisco, is very, very conservative. I mean, like, it's got its hippie elements for sure, but um, Marin is kind of the king of nimbyism. Um, so at that time, my parents were actually growing cannabis in our backyard. Our neighbors were totally cool with it. Um, we were kind of this odd little bubble in Marin. And uh, so definitely exposed to it um, culturally through my parents. My dad came out to California in the 60s as, you know, one of those first wave hippies. And he's been out here ever since. That's where he met my mom. And, uh, you know, over the years, um, uh, my cultural upbringing around cannabis kind of took a different route. Um, I got busted when I was 19 and uh, I was, you know, in community college at the time. And uh, it, it showed me uh, being busted, going to court and the public defender and all that showed me how much waste there is in the system around minor cannabis uh, convictions. Like, uh, you know, the state must have wasted tens of thousands of dollars in people's time and resources to basically teach me no lesson at all because here I am still a cannabis activist over a decade later. If anything, they just galvanized my support of cannabis legalization. Uh, And after that, I started researching it in school. It became my research topic and that's uh, what got me into writing. That's what got me into everything else. So it's kind of the combination of the uh, cultural upbringing, but as well as my own uh, intentional research when I got to college. I've read that you are dedicated to creating a legal, regulated, and compliant cannabis industry focused on consumer safety. How would you rate the current cannabis industry by such uh, criteria? And what areas do you think deserve the most attention? What might be the greatest general cannabis-associated risk to consumers right now, in your opinion? Yeah, sure. So um, in terms of uh, rating things, I think we're doing really well on the legalization front. Uh, Legalization is spreading around the country and around the globe quicker than I ever would have guessed. Um, in terms of regulation, I think we could do a whole lot better. Uh, I think most jurisdictions overregulate cannabis in, frankly, uh, laughable ways. Uh, charge system packaging is a really obvious one. Um, for example, alcohol, cigarettes, uh, some chemicals that could actually be lethal if ingested do not come in uh, childproof containers. Uh, almond extract, vanilla extract, 40% alcohol by volume. Uh, you could definitely you know, get very drunk on that. No childproof container whatsoever. Um, this one really hits close home to me. Rye bread, uh, if you didn't know, when rye bread molds, it, uh, the mold has ergotism. That means it produces LSA, the precursor to LSD. Right. Uh, and if you eat too much of that, it's very easy to die. Not just get high, but actually die. Years ago, when I was about 13, my mom made me a tuna sandwich on rye, eating it in the dark. Must have had a little bit of mold on it. I did not know. Thankfully, I ate just enough of the sandwich to get really high. See the dead is what I believed at the time and you know, still believe to this day because who am I to question it? Um, thankfully, I didn't die. You know, It's one of those things where it's really hard to know with ergotism. But that, we, we sell that without any warning whatsoever, not to mention tower-assisted packaging. So 
huge double standard uh, with a lot of parts of regulation. Um, hemp farmer I was talking to is also a cannabis farmer was mentioning how their hemp farm is like any other agricultural commodity. Their cannabis farm is like growing in a medium security prison. So in terms of regulation, we are way over-regulated. And that makes the compliance part very, very difficult. Um, so my main, my main uh, issue right now is vape pen recycling. Uh, Firefly Vapor uh, um, retained me to lobby on this in multiple states, as well as Canada, uh, about a year ago. Uh, we've had some really good success on this so far. But um, I recently did a little survey around where I live in the Bay Area, went to 13 different dispensaries. Out of those 13 dispensaries, seven of them were recycling, uh, taking vape pens back to recycle them with their manufacturers. Uh, dispensary take back recycling is the term used. So seven places were doing that with five different recycling partners. Some places were actually using multiple different companies for handling their recycling. So over 50% doing recycling. The other 50% were not, and managers at multiple stores told me we can't recycle on site like that because it would make us non-compliant. That is a huge issue. If people are looking at these over-regulations and saying, oh man, that's so strict, I can't even recycle. And we're talking about California, the state that started e-waste recycling, and in many ways started a lot of different um, unique product recyclings, if you will, you know, mattresses, you name it. California is a recycling leader, yet we're struggling when it comes to cannabis because of how strict the regulations are. Uh, that is a real problem. Uh, so, oh, sorry, <laughs> got lost there. So the greatest risk right now, I think, is probably going to be the, the obvious one, uh, the Evali um, vape health crisis. Um, you know, people are buying from the legal market. You should be fine. You, you really should be fine. At the same time, uh, a report just came out of Michigan saying that there was a recall for products on their legal market containing vitamin E acetate. So while we haven't seen Evali cases from legal market products, we have seen a recall of products that contain vitamin E acetate, which is believed to be the reason why people are getting Evali. So um, the vape market is, I think, the greatest risk to consumers right now, but it's really using low-quality products, products with cutting agents that shouldn't be there. If you're using vape products that are CO2-attracted or short-path distillation, if you're using tested products that don't have pesticides in them, that don't have contaminants in them, they're using quality hardware that's not going to leach, um, you know, you should be fine. But um, it's really a matter of consumer education and companies who are using uh, lower quality devices and cutting agents, realizing that they need to do better as well. Um, and the government could help a whole lot more in this, but they haven't been that helpful. Great example is Massachusetts, where uh, you know they reported that they had cases of legal market products leading to a valley, but they would not give that information to, uh, I think it's the Cannabis Control Commission or something like that. Um, that's a problem. You know, if the Department of Health has data that could help protect consumers, they need to give that out. But government uh, didn't really want to help in that case. So in order to fight the current health crisis around vaping, we really need government to help out more. We need businesses who are using lower quality devices to, to do better and think about consumer safety foremost, not as an afterthought to profit. We also need uh, consumers to educate themselves about what is the legal market product? How do you buy legal market products? How can you tell a uh, real product from a fake. That's also going to take help from businesses, from government. So it's really, it's going to be a partnership. Everyone needs to come to the table together and it really can't come from any one of those uh, uh, stakeholders. 
you, you mentioned that vape pens and their cartridges are generally considered e-waste, classified along with batteries and ink cartridges, fluorescent lights. Consumers are faced with taking these used products to a hazardous waste facility or perhaps leaving some components in a battery waste disposal receptacle uh, found in some retail stores, which just isn't going to happen. And lithium ion batteries and the juice from vape pods are toxic and require those to be disposed of in a landfill. Just to, to how much of an environmental threat are these used vape products and how much sense do single use cannabis products even make in the first place? Yeah, I mean, great example of this is um, Colorado, where we've had a lot of progress around this. Um, Colorado has a land, uh, a e-waste ban on e-waste going to the landfill. You know, by law, you can't have e-waste going to landfill. And uh, if you look into the rationale around that, the idea is to keep things that have heavy metals in them out of the landfill to avoid contamination. Um, so there definitely is a real... Um, there definitely is a real hazard to contaminating the groundwater and soils because of the heavy metals that could be there, because of uh, residual pesticides that could be there. Um, you know, even in the legal market, pesticides can be used. They should just be at trace amounts, parts per million, parts per billion. But if you're talking about a lot of cartridges aggregating, those parts per million and billion could get to the point where it could be an issue. Um, they're, they're, uh, they definitely are e-waste. They definitely should not be in the landfill. But the problem is um, the over-regulation of cannabis. Um, while Colorado had that e-waste ban, Colorado also had cannabis regulations that said uh, all cannabis waste, including vape pens, must be rendered unusable and unrecognizable. You see that language in California in a lot of different states. Um, the idea was really around plant waste when they wrote that, thinking, oh, throw the plant waste into a grinder, grind it up, mix it with other plants, send it to landfill, no harm, no foul. Kind of is definitely a harness though because even sending plant waste to landfill well that, that's compostable you're now sending compostable material to the landfill that could be disposed of better um but when it comes to e-waste grinding up and sending it to landfill the absolute worst way you could do it and actually violate other areas of state regulation that cannabis authorities uh, may have overlooked and that's not just colorado that's a lot of different states um you'll see this um kind of discrepancy between the cannabis regulations around waste disposal and actual regulations around uh, environmental protection. They don't always think up because it, you know, uh, I don't want to say regulators don't consider those environmental regulations um, because I think that's unfair. But I think it's fairer to the regulators is they're very overworked. California is a great example. Um, you know, they had three years to write our regulations and Governor Brown threw them in the garbage can with his repeal and replace bill SB 94. And he said, hey guys, you got three months to recreate what you did in three years. That is completely unreasonable. So, of course, we're going to have the issues in those regulations that we got. Um, so, you know, they're doing their best, but um, they are environmental threat. They need to be kept out of the landfill. And in my opinion, I really don't think single-use products make uh, that much sense. But I'm also not a person who buys uh, disposable water bottles. I'm the guy who brings my metal clean canteen bottle around with me everywhere. I'm the guy who goes to the coffee shop with my metal thermos. Like I have my own utensil kit I bring around with me so I don't have to get disposable utensils. I am really serious about cutting single-use products out of my life uh, because I just, I don't see the point. I'd rather have something that I can keep using, something that I know the sanitation of, that I know the history of, um, and isn't going to contribute to the giant Pacific garbage patch or, you know. So, 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 it, so it really comes down to, to lifestyle uh, yeah. choices, right? Which yeah. is, which is, you oh. know, a big, big, big reason that we have climate change coming. I am speaking to Mitchell Colbert. We're going to take our first pause here. Word from our sponsored advertisers. Come right back with our second segment. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us hem present. Hang loose. 
We're coming right back. Dazed and infused. Join sugar industry expert Latham Woodward for a happier hour each week for a lively and often hilarious discussion on the infusion of cannabis into food, beverages, and life. Explore exciting new culinary landscape trends with fascinating friends and guests who are leading the industry into the uncharted mainstream. Discover curated menus, enhanced cocktails, and live tastings. Life's a little sweeter here on Dazed and Infused. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at s-h-o-o-g-i-e-s dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. The cannabis industry is evolving at a radical pace, progressing toward the green peak. Each week, join Richard Zwicky, a cannabis visionary and entrepreneur, as he interviews experts from around the globe to discuss updates and evolutions in the world of cannabis. The The Green Green Peak Peak with Richard Zwicky. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back with Mitchell Colbert. Mitch, in addition to environmental concerns surrounding cannabis, cannabis production and disposable baked products, there's also the issue of single-use plastics and everything from the pots, the seedlings uh, are grown in, to dupe tubes and other containers for retail weed. We kind of touched on that. I mean, all the way to the RFID chips used mm-hmm. to track cannabis plants in some states. Why do you think the industry has not transitioned to something like biodegradable hemp plastics for this stuff? Is it could it be that the technology and infrastructure is not in place for such a conversion, or, or is it something else? Uh, so I just did a piece on this for uh, Hemp, uh, Hemp Magazine's website. Uh, I spoke to uh, every link in the uh, biodegradable hemp plastic supply chain, and whatever was telling me, price. It's really price, or, or more to the point, perception of price. There's a perception that hemp biodegradable plastics are more expensive than traditional uh, plastic resins, but they're actually working really hard to make it the same cost. Um, the companies that I spoke to were uh, Nine Fiber. So Nine Fiber works in Colorado. They actually take the raw material from hemp farmers, process it into a form that a company like Hemp Plastics Company can make into pellets. Those pellets are then given to uh, what they call a molding company, a company like Sauna. Uh, so Sauna makes uh, hemp-based uh, uh, bioplastics, also ocean-based plastics for the cannabis and hemp industry. So sauna is kind of like the uh, consumer-facing side of the supply chain, if you will. In this case, the consumer is a business selling to consumers. I actually had them they on had the show. On. Yeah, yep. and they're great guys. Good I stuff. really, yep. really appreciate everything they're doing. Uh, I mean, not just the hand stuff, but also the ocean plastic. You know, because if the plastic does get into the ocean, well, great, let's reclaim it and make it into something again. That's a great way to handle that problem. Um, so, yeah, it's really price is the issue. It's not technology at all. We have the technology. We've had it for years. Like when I was in school, you know, over a decade ago, 
Um, we have the technology available to start doing hemp biofuel at a very affordable cost, but we just haven't really developed it largely because government's not investing in that. Some stores in Washington state uh, have dupe tubes made out of cardboard, for example, right? With kind of a slider, oh, yeah. a telescopic slide thing. So there's, there's a lot of, of other aspects uh, that could be a you could approach it from another concerning part of the disposable or single use approach to marketing Canada's products remains the regulations requiring packaging, including childproof packaging, rather than bringing your own jar or baggie to a store to stock up on weed. We're required to get new packaging every time we purchase cannabis, even though you got to decarboxylate it. If a kid ate uh, an eighth of weed, that, that child couldn't get high off of it. Do you think that this, this, these packaging regulations uh, make sense? Are they justified? Yeah, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I really don't think they make that much sense. Um, I, I think we really are overpackaging cannabis. Um, from my experience, going to public meetings around California, uh, speaking on behalf of myself, uh, my clients, uh, I, I've actually saw representatives from packaging companies, I'm not going to say which ones, speaking publicly about why we needed not less, but more childproof packaging requirements. Uh, one time is very notable in my memory because the woman speaking didn't just say we need more childproof packaging, but she also said, you know, even though I'm here with a packaging company, we have no economic stake in this. I, I think I laughed out loud. I might have been able to hold it back, but it's like the audacity of being there with a packaging company advocating for more packaging and saying, oh, we don't have an economic stake in this, which is ridiculous. Yes, you do. Um, yeah, so I don't think it's justified at all. Um, you know, Sauna, one time I was speaking to them, they actually were like, I think it might have been for the article I did for Hemp Magazine. Uh, the quote might have made it into the piece. Something along the lines of probably the only packaging company that actually advocates for less packaging. We're trying to put ourselves not out of business, but you know, we're trying to make less money by doing the right thing for the environment. That is great. That is what I'd love to see more businesses do. Make the environmentally conscious decision, not the one that's necessarily going to make them more money. Speaking of that, uh, Mitch, we as humans are coming face to face with the long-term costs of the Anthropocene or humanity's period of dominion, domination on the planet. In the form of a potential extinction event from advancing climate change, you've written about the environmental impacts of cannabis production. Uh, In your mind, what are a few of the ways that cannabis production negatively negatively impacts our environment? Yeah, I mean, at at present, uh, what we have the best data on is – the traditional economy, unregulated grows, specifically trespass grows, and the environmental impacts are uh, extreme, honestly. Um, you know, there's the obvious ones like pesticides leaking into waterways, water being diverted, um, pesticides or identified threatening endangered species like the Pacific fisher. Um, but then there's less obvious ones like those pesticides or identified actually transferring all the way up the food chain to animals that humans are hunting. And I believe we've actually seen evidence of those identified inhumans that hunt game around areas where their trespass grows. So we're actually negatively impacting human health through this illicit uh, cultivation. Another less obvious one that a lot of people don't realize is, uh, and I don't know how accurate this estimate is, it's a law enforcement estimate, but a few years back, a member of law enforcement estimated there was about four major wildfires a year started in California because of uh, illegal trespass grows. Even if it's not four, um, I recall reading at least one or two headlines a year about that. So it's at least one a year, and one, in my mind, is too many. Because every wildfire is an insane amount of CO2 being released into the air, and also habitat destruction for endangered species, and you know all kinds of other horrible uh, side effects. And it's totally avoided by regulating cannabis in such a way where people don't feel the need to do trespass growth. The legal market, you got some different issues. We don't know 
as, as much about it because it's so new. Um, but I think the biggest issue in the legal market in terms of environmental impacts is uh, the push for indoor growing. You know, indoor growing is definitely more secure. You don't have to look at it. It's better for NIMBY areas like Marin where, oh, we got to protect the kids. They can't see the weed. They can't smell the weed. But the reality is we are not God. We cannot recreate the energy and power of the sun inside. The sun is always going to be more efficient than indoor light. LED is getting close, but the reality is sun-grown cannabis is always going to have your lowest electric costs. And if you really want to talk about reducing your environmental impacts, reduce your uh, reliance on coal-based electricity. That's a huge one. And of course, you know, there's people, the NIMBYs are freaking out about the smell of cannabis, which is just another double standard because you can have a feedlot uh, or, or, you know, manure, a field full of manure for, uh, uh, you know, uh, traditional agricultural products. But then suddenly the smell of cannabis is, is a big deal. Um, just, just more double Where standards. I grew up in Marin, it's really funny because I transferred to the other high school because the high school that I was uh, supposed to go to by my district was right across the street from a horse farm and it reeked of manure all the time. And I refused to go to a school that smelled like manure. I that would rather smell cannabis like than cannabis. manure any day. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Moving quickly here, I want to get back to vape pens real quickly because you're yeah. so you're so smart on this stuff. It's been reported there that there are metals in the exhaled aerosol of electronic smoking devices, including chromium, nickel, tin nanoparticles, as well as residual acetone, formaldehyde, and other stuff like that. And even though propylene glycol is FDA approved for use in some products, the inhalation of vaporized nicotine in propylene glycol is not. Some studies show that heating propylene glycol changes its chemical composition producing small amounts of propylene oxide, a known carcinogen. Have you heard or read anything about these potential health risks? Yeah, so not specifically about propylene oxide, but I have my own concerns with uh, PEG. So propylene glycol, commonly known as PEG, there's different molecular weights for it. We'll see that usually as a number after it. Uh, lower numbers, uh, if I recall right, are lower molecular weight and something that's more uh, liquid. Um, so like PEG 400 is commonly what you'll see in vape devices because it's uh, the right consistency for use in vape devices. Um, higher PEGs like PEG 1600, um, that's Miralax, if you know that laxative. It is PEG. You're just pumping yourself with PEG. That PEG is laxativing you out. So um, you know a lot of different range for PEG, but what we're really talking about here, PEG 400. And um, I mean, I, I have a lot of concerns with it because as you mentioned, when it's heated, it doesn't just undergo its own chemical changes. It can actually mutate with other chemicals around it. As, my, as I understand it, I'm not a chemist. Uh, PEG is a molecule, a chemical, very inclined to changes when heat is uh, around, when heat is there. So my concern is we don't really know how cannabinoids could potentially mutate with PEG to form new things. Um, the other thing is that if you didn't know, fun fact about PEG, it's currently being used in the first human head body transplant. A combo team of an Italian and Chinese researcher are working on this, and I believe the way the Italian guy described it was a uh, special molecular glue. So PEG is being used as molecular glue to glue heads onto different bodies and fuse those nerves together, and that is being used in vaporization devices. I just have a lot of concerns over that without um, years of research on it. Right. Um, but talking about uh, the heavy metals, um, I, I gotta go to the break. Uh, color oh, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I got to go to the break. Um, we can pick that up here. We're going to take another uh, break and hear word from a sponsor advertising. Come back with our final questions. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. 
Hang loose. We're coming right back. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. Business and cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Plant Profits. I'm Vern Davis, and I'd like to introduce you to some of the most forward-thinking executives and companies in the cannabis industry. We call them the Plant Profits. Each week on Plant Profits, we talk to the people at the forefront of the industry, creating real companies and career opportunities. We'll learn from the people leading the charge into the promised land of profit. Plant Profits is powered by Protus Global, people solutions firm that has been building companies, changing lives since 1995. P-R-O-T-I-S-Global.com. Protus Global. Find Plant Profits now at CannabisRadio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing, healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back for the final segment with Mitchell Colbert. Mitch, I had to interrupt you. You want to finish that that thought yeah. real quick? Totally, yeah. Real quick, talking about the heavy metal issue. Um, I had a piece come out on Canvas Now earlier this year um, going into that pretty in-depth. I spoke to someone who actually did R&D. Um, he was actually the original, if I recall right, CTO for Firefly, who's my current uh, client that I lobby for. Um, this gentleman designed the original Firefly, devi- Firefly device, and when he was doing his R&D on a nichrome coil, you know, it's a blood of nickel and chromium, he actually noticed that he was having uh, the symptoms of heavy metal poisoning. And he noticed that the nitrogen coil was flaking off in a white flex and he was vaporizing that, that coil itself. So he realized that um, under the conditions of some of these cheaper vape devices that were using nitrogen coil, most companies are not doing this anymore. Um, you could get potential heavy metal poisoning. He never saw a doctor, you know, so this is completely anecdotal, one case of this but it's substantiated by what um, Colorado Green Lab uh, recently found. Uh, so they just did some research showing that silver solder could be one of the causes of the current E-Valley uh, health issues. And that silver solder was exactly the same kind of material component issue that uh, the guy I spoke to uh, had identified. 
Um, basically that people were vaporizing some of the material components because uh, the devices were just so poorly, cheaply made, uh, they didn't hold up under heat. Is there anything else you'd like to add? We still have uh, about a minute and yeah. a half. Yeah, so um, real, real quick, um, right, you know, there's a lot of work to be done around vapor cycling still. Uh, Colorado is really leading the way. Uh, they just passed an amendment that I advocated for that will allow for the recycling of all marijuana consumer waste starting next year. Uh, the MED has followed up with some regulations, so it looks like uh, cannabis businesses will be good to start recycling their consumer waste in Colorado next year. Um, they're doing a pilot program out there looking at packaging recycling, so anyone interested in this topic, definitely pay attention to Colorado, and they're really leading the way on this. There's a lot of work to be done still in California. We're about to get a public comment period, so anyone in California, if you want to submit a comment around this, you're going to have your time soon enough. This is really, uh, it's bigger than any one state. This is a national issue. We're about to be a national industry. And uh, we can't forget uh, the waste issue. And it really comes uh, down to manufacturers at the end of the day, designing products that are easier to recycle. Uh, Firefly has just released their Firefly Mini as a test in Colorado. This device was designed to be recyclable. Uh, another company that I know, the Hanu Stone, uh, their pods have also been designed to be recyclable. So it's really on manufacturers to think about the impacts of their devices and design their way out of this current waste issue. Uh, Mitchell Colbert, you know, th thanks for being on the show, man. I just, this is, this is the stuff I care the most about and you're so knowledgeable. Uh, thank you so much for adding uh, your full breadth of knowledge uh, to, to this show and to these very important topics, man. You take care. Hey, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Now I'm going to get to a weekly feature here presented on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week, and here it is. For me, it was like this. Pronounced antipathy to conversing about matters of practical life, the future, dates, and politics. You are fixated on the intellectual sphere as a man possessed may be fixated on the sexual under its spell, sucked into it. And those are the words from Walter Benjamin from Main Features of My First Impression of Hashish, December 18th, 1927. That concludes this installment of Hemp on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special Hempo sapien on our journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community of opportunity with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. Find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, and take it easy. The Hampersent theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music maestro, because I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, 
or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.